0: Today's daf is daf Yud Zayin, And we are on daf Yud Zayin, daf 17. Uh, another fascinating daf as we move along in Mesech Yuma, And we pick up in the middle of the sugya, which is going to take us to the middle of, uh, a third of the way down on Yudzayin Amad Okay, And the sugya that we've been discussing and will continue to discuss is the contradiction between the Mishnah in Tamid and the Mishnah in Midos concerning where the sheep room was, the sh- the room of the of the lambs, that the the assistant kayengodo would call out, "Go get the sheep for the for the Korban from the sheep room." We had a machlokas. One Mishnah had said that it was in the northwestern corner of this large fire hall. The other Mishnah said that it was in the southwestern corner of the large fire hall. Right, we had four rooms, one on each corner. We ended up saying it's not a contradiction in Mishnayos because it's merely different Tanayim. The two ta- the two Mishnah can argue because one's Rabbi lazar ben Yaakov, that's the Mishnah in Midras. It's always Rabbi lazar ben the Stam Mishnah, while the the Mishnah in Tamid is a different Tana. And that was one way to answer the question as to whether, again, as to whether the sheep room was in the northwestern or southwestern corner. Okay. That's what we discussed yesterday. Today, we are going to try to give an additional answer, another op- option, another opportunity to say that actually the two Mishnayis are not even a contradiction. That's going to be the first part of today's dav and then, as we move to Amud Bayis, and we get to the two dots, the Gemara is going to discuss the Mishnah where we, met, we mentioned tangentially. You know, as a tangent, we mentioned the Kohen uh during his preparation was allowed to choose to, you know, at any time really he wanted, he was allowed to choose to be makriv certain carbonos. He was able to get first dibs on certain parts of the animal. Um, we're gonna get more uh, involved into exactly how that worked when the Kohen Gadol kind of would, you know, take the matonos, take the gifts that were generally set aside for some mishmaros. All right, that's an overview of what we'll be covering. Now, let us get started. We're up to the words, Rav Ada B'Reidah Rav Yitzchak Amar. Okay, that's the second line on Yudzayin Amud Aleph. And the Gemara is going to say as follows, Rav Ada B'Reidah Rav is going to tell us that the reason why the Mishnah in Tumit and the Mishra and Midos is not a contradiction. is because actually, listen to this. We've been explaining that in this large fire room, there were four corners off to each, right? In each corner, there was a room. Rav is going to tell us that actually the sheep room wasn't limited to one specific corner. It actually was a very long room that ran along the western side and it wasn't completely in the south, and it wasn't completely in the north. It went along the western wall. It was primarily in the south, but it didn't really touch the northern wall, nor the southern wall. So, LaFize, according to where he's going with this, and we're about to read this inside, he's basically saying it's not a contradiction. Right? Because it was in both. It wasn't stuck to one specific corner. So, let's read this inside. Here we go. Ravada B'A'Rav Yisig says, This room of the sheep... Really, Aktuy Miktiya was extended to both the north and the south. Udaasimitz so now it depends on a person's viewpoint. When a person was coming in from the north, so he saw that it was off the northern wall and it looked like it was extending all the way along the western wall to the south. So he thought it was in the south. Udasimitzha, Miskaiz Lebizar, and looked to him, it looked like it was primarily in the southern side. Udasimidar, and when he came from the south, Mizchazale Bitzafa and beautiful. To you, you saw it off the southern wall because that's where you're coming in from. And it still looks like it's going all the way towards the northern side. Okay, so you thought it was primarily in the northwestern side. Again, what's his answer? No contradiction. One Mishnah, which says was in the northwestern corner, is coming from the viewpoint when somebody was walking in from the south. To him, it looked like it was primarily in the northwest. But when somebody would come from the north, because it was a long room along the western side when it was off the northern wall, they thought it was extending all the way to the south. Hence, no contradiction in Mishnah; It's just a matter of viewpoints. Very important message. Okay, Very important message, by the way, as uh, as people, as human beings, very often we're having the same conversations, but we're speaking different words because we're coming from different directions. Okay. Says the Gemara. Dry, Says the Gemara. And... Um, it also makes sense to take this approach. Mimai, why? Because because we asked the contradiction between the two rooms. Exactly, where the room for the for the family that oversaw lechem and the answer to that contradiction was One's talking about where you're going from left to right, and one's talking about when you're going from. Right to left. So again, you see that a lot of the way that these mesechayim are articulated are merely coming from the viewpoint of the how the person's envisioning the mizbeach and the room being situated. That's how they're going to see whether you're turning from right to left or whether you're turning from left to right. Now we should immediately have in our minds. Remember, we learned yesterday that you always go to the right. Okay. So why would we be speaking about somebody's viewpoint going from right to left? So keep this in mind. The Gemara in in uh, the next step is going to ask this question. But be it as it may, we're going to assume that it's possible that these Mishnayas, which seem to contradict each other, really are not. Rather, what are we doing? We're viewing it from opposite directions, opposite uh, just uh, different viewpoints, but maybe everybody's in agreement as to where the room actually was. Period. Okay. Now, says the Gemara. Here we go. Let's now turn to the top of Yudzayin Have If we say the sheep room was mostly in the southwest okay which which means that the Mamela we can have an answer that we're moving again from different directions left to right or right to left L.E. amrit finest <speaking> maravis <in> have <Hebrew> if you're going to say that the room of the sheep was in the northwestern side only Saif <speaking> Saif, in, <Hebrew> in the end of the day mati upon him what type of answer are we giving when it comes to the lechem upon him that, oh, we're going in a leftward direction. That's how we responded to that contradiction. What are you, wh- why are you answering like that, that we're moving to the left? El sh'ma Marav is dry It must be that the, that the uh, sheep room was, was actually in the southwestern corner. Sh'ma mina. You learn from here that's talking the way it was. And don't follow the second approach where the, roo- the sheep room is uh, running along the western wall and getting into both the north and the south, and it's just a matter of uh, viewpoint. Rather, um, we learn from the answer of the Lechem HaPonim that the sheep room is primarily in the south. Now, ask the Gemara, one second, let's get to our question. Why would we say we're coming from the viewpoint of right to left when we always come from the viewpoint of left to right? The Gemara is going to ask a basic question. Bamar Mar, but the Tana taught us. Call um, pina Any time you mention or any time you make a turn, you should always go to the right and to the mizrach. So why would a mishnah be explaining where the rooms are going to the left as opposed to to the right? It's not a Jewish thing to do that way. It's not a Yeshivish thing, you know. So uh, why would a mishnah be written that way? Answer the Gemara. Of a beautiful idea. Hani mili When do you always go to the right? When do you look at a Mishnah and say, oh, it's got to be dealing with when a person's going in one particular direction, which is to the right. That's when the Akayin was doing the avayda. When the Akayin does the avayda, you're always headed to the next corner as you make a right. Aval hacha, but over here, we're not dealing with the avayda. All the Mishnah is doing is explaining where, what went on in each corner? When I'm talking to you, and you're talking to me, we're not doing the Avaida. Do we always have to say, oh, well, I started in the northeast, and then I went to the northwest, like, oh, because you got to go to the... No, when you're having a conversation, and you want to explain where something is, and the guy's got to make a left turn, you don't have to say, make a right and then another right, because that's your left. That's ridiculous. Right? <laughs> Three rights make a left. No, you don't need to say that. In the course of a conversation, you're allowed to say, you know, when going to the left, that's what you're going to find. When doing the Avaida, you're always working to the right. But in Stam, you won't explain what something is. There's no obligation to work to the right. And mamela, that's why the Mishnah, when just telling us the location of each room, is working to the left. Okay, no problem. Period. End of that. Good morning. What we're coming out with is, bottom line, the sheep room was in the southwestern corner of the fire room, okay? The, where exactly was it when they, when they would send the Kahanim to get the carbon atomic, the sheep with the carbon atomic? Where would they send them? To the southwestern corner, period. End of that Gemara, end of that discussion, period. Okay. Now, we're going to start a brand new sugya. On the next part of the Mishnah, and Rez Hashem, we will get to the Mishnah on Daf Yurchas Amudal. Okay, let's get to the Mishnah on Yurchas Amudalif, and the Suga is going to take us over there. So here we go. It's a little bit of a, a shorter Daf today. Fascinating stuff. So we learned that um, when the King Gadol would ever be around. So we learned together that the Qayyim Gadot was allowed to take first. He was allowed to take first. He was allowed to do, choose any avaida that, um, that he wanted to do. And uh, this was the, the Mishnah on Yud Dalit on Aleph 14 eight. The Mishnah told us that at uh, the second half of the Mishnah, yeah, any other day of the year, if the Kayan wanted to be the one to bring a Karban, he he had the right. He got first dibs. He could he had first dibs on bringing carbonis, the no tell, barosh, and he also had first dibs on portions that you'd get from Carbonis. Okay, so here we go. Says the Gemara like this. The rabbis learned, and that's why they're rabbi. Ketzad How would a Cohen take advantage of having priority list? Priority list, you get to go before you get the board of the plane first, right? How'd this play out? Says the Brycer. the would say, ani I'm gonna bring this carbon island. I will be the one to bring the mincha. Period. Alright? Again, just as examples, it's referring to anything. It's a whole discussion, why we're mentioning specifically in aylat al Mincha, there's messages here. But bottom line, it says, how would he get first dibs on carbon? He just says it. I want it. I got it. Okay. Ketzad no tal chilek How would he get first portions? And this is what the rest of this Amur told the Mishnah is going to be focusing on. Various portions and how much the Kohen was permitted to take from different things. Okay. So, Aymer, the Kohen would say, I want to be the one to eat from this Chathos. Now, it's not clear how much he's going to eat. Keep this in mind. It's very important. He's saying, I'm going to eat this chatas. Does this mean he gets all of it? Does this mean he gets part of it? If it does mean part of it, how much? Does he mean half of it? How much are we actually going to give him? It's not so clear. Okay? Or any parts of this asham that are permitted to be eaten. I'm eating it. What else? Now we're going to get on to something where it starts to give us specific amounts. We know that on Shavuos, there were two Chalos that were brought with the Mincha of Shavuos. (coughs) The Kahingodal would take one out of the two. Now quickly, for those of us who are weak in math, what percentage is one out of two? 50%. Right? So when it came to the Khatas and the asham, it says, I want the Khatas I want the asham. He takes it. There's no particular amount. All of a sudden, we're getting to the breads now. And it says, he, well, he says, I want the bread. We're going to give him one. Very interesting. Okay? Now, says the b'risa, even further. Every week, there was a new lechem ha'ponim, the 12 showbreads. The new And it was split amongst the incoming Mishmar, the incoming group of Kaihanim, and the outgoing group of Kaihanim. If the King Gadl says, I want bread, I want the Lechem Upon him, says the Brycer. Arba <inaudible> echomesh yeah, meisalachem upon. Here it is. He I'm sorry, it wasn't split amongst the uh, wasn't split uh, amongst the Mishmar. Each Mishmar got their Lechem upon him. It just, it didn't, uh, uh, the, the new ones didn't come on until the, the old ones went off. Okay? But each Mishmar got their Lechem upon him. It says if the kain wa- Godot wants a Lechem upon him, he's allowed to have four or five. Four or five out of twelve. Is that all of it? No. Is that 50% of it? We don't know. Seemingly not, right? Four out of twelve, five out of twelve, ain't 50%. It seems. But hold on. Hold on to your horses. Rebbe says, no, it's not four or five. Rebbe's of the opinion, you always get five. Now remember this name and remember these words. Rebbe says the Qayyadah always got five breads. Shanamar, as it says... The Aaron the breads are for Aaron and his servant and his children. What does it mean, Aaron and his children? It means Aaron and his children. 50-50. Mechtal Therefore, out of the twelve, you ready for this? Aaron gets five because he's entitled to fifty percent. Five is fifty percent of twelve. And if this makes any sense to you, then you gotta work on your math. Right? Because five ain't 50% of 12. So what's going on here? So before we even get to the questions, in order to understand what's happening, we need to talk for a minute. And the Gemara, very shortly, very shortly, is going to clarify to us that Rebbe is of the opinion that there were 12 breads, Okay. Now, the gates of the Beis HaMikdash were opened and closed, the beginning and end of each Mishmar. The Mishmar coming in, the group of Kohanim coming in, would actually be the ones to close the gates on behalf of the outgoing Mishmar. And therefore, there were two Kohanim in charge of closing the gates on behalf of the previous Mishmar. And these two Kohanim, as a tip, from the outgoing mishmar, as a karasatayev, okay, would each get one loaf of bread. So now let's do the math. Ready? There's 12 loaves of bread. Two Kahanim of the incoming group that's going to close the gates are going to get two loaves. So how many loaves are left to split between the group and the gadol? Ten loaves left. Now they're splitting the remaining ten. Five and five. Gvaldic. Okay? Now it makes sense. But the Gemara later on is going to get there. The Gemara going to only tell us this later on. You've got to mention it now. Otherwise, like, hey, wh- wh- what exactly? What's going down here? What's happening, right? So here we go. Frek the Gemara. Before we get to that, Hagufakash. This itself is a contradiction. This Bryce itself is a contradiction. Why? Again, let's say this outside. What the Bryce tell us? When it comes to the Chatas, the could say, my Chatas. When it comes to the ashram, the could say, my ashram, uh, I, I get it. When it comes to the two shavuos breads, what does the God gadol say? I want it. How many do we give him? One. When it comes to the show breads, either four or five, or five. Now we have to understand what four or five is also. So now let's read this inside. This is a contradiction. Amrit, we said, the khani gadol could take one of the two chalas of shavuos, money. Who's that following? Rebihi. If you're taking 50%, that must be the opinion of Rebbe, the Omar Palga Shokil, who says that the Kayan's entitled to half. Why, does the, why is that Rebihi? Because Rebi's the one who says you always get five. Why is five half? Because two are gone. It's given as a tip. And now there's five out of 10. So Rebbi's one who says you get 50%. So that means the, 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 which says, the part of the Briso, which says that you get one out of two, that's 50%. That must be Rebbi. And then it says, oh, four or five. That's not Rebbe. So ask the Gemara, one second. Ema say the middle part of the B'risa. You got four or five. That's not a pin of Rebbe. That's according to the Rabbanon, who says the Kayin should take a little less than half. Out of the ten breads, he should only take four. Why? So the logic here is for the Rabbanon. The Rab- Rebbe says you got 50 50. Why the verse? The Pesach. The Rabbanon say no. It' should really be four and six, you know why? It looks greedy for the King gadol to take a full 50 percent against an entire mishmar. it doesn't look good. And therefore he should take he should take four. That's a point about. Don't go a full 50/50 on this. Recognize that you're, you're, you know you're not half. You're not equal to an entire family of Kaihana. Rabbanan's opinion go, you know, go four. So the ratio of the two loaves, 50%, is Rebbe. Then the Brisa switches over and says four or five. That can't be Rebbe. That has to be the Rabbanan who say you got less than 50%. And then Amos Seifa, say the next halacha, we're back to Rebbe. Rebbe Aymer Chamesh, ratio of Seifa, Rebbe, with Yosem It's going to come out that Rebbe's teaching, Rebbe's the tongue of the Mishnah. Then we're moving to the Rabbanan, and now we're back to Rebbe. We never like that. We don't like that. Why would you go back and forth? Answers the Gemara. Amr, Rabbi Abayi says, Reisha, um, itziyasa, Rabbanon, Really the first, fascinating, ready? Even the, the halacha of the two breads of, of the shvuas, where you got 50% of that, that's really the Rabbanon. I, the Rabbanon hold that the Kaim Gondol should always take a little less than 50%. So how can he get one out of two? So Abayi says something very logical. Umaydu Rabbanon beprusa... You know why when there's one out of two, what are you going to do? Give the kind Godal a half a loaf? Four-fifths of one loaf? Just so he gets less than half? That's not respectful either. You're not going to break apart one. When everybody's getting one loaf, the kind could get a loaf. He'll end up with 50% Besader. That's fine. But you're not going to say, oh, the kind Godal to work on his meatos should get a little less than half. Give a broken piece. You know, come on. Yeah, we're not going to go so far... As to say that. Okay? Period. End of that back and forth. Alright. Now. The Gemara is going to ask. A Shiloh. Which we already. Barbarred. We already forewarned. This question. And now it's just going to articulate it. And that is. When the Brysah says. That the Coying Godel can take. Four or five loaves yes. out of the twelve, is it four or five? What is it? <laughs> should he stop taking at four or should he stop taking at five? You can't, what does it mean, four or five? Okay, so let's read. Says the Gemara, very interesting. Umay arboi chamish, top of tomorrow's daf. What does it mean, four or five? According to Rabban, who say that the incoming Kahanam takes six and the outgoing going Kahanam takes six, and we don't give those extra two loaves to the door closers. So, okay. So, Boy So, the Koin Godal should take six. According to Rabban, you should always take a little less than half. So, Botsir Chadami palda, you should take a little less. Take five instead of six. So you're taking five. And the Rabbi Yehuda according to who says that the incoming people take the incoming watch takes seven. Now, why would they take seven? Two are going to the door closers, so now the remaining uh, the the there's five loaves remaining for everybody else. The yaitsa Khamesh, and the outgoing ones take fives. So now each one's taking five. So miflux, the yaitz So boy The gadol will then take half of his ten, and according to Rabbanish, take a little less than half The and he'll end up taking four. Rava Amar, but Rava argues with Abaye, and Rava says no, really cooler, Rebbe. The entire brisa is the opinion of Rebbe who says that the kain gadol should get fifty percent of everything. And listen to this, very interesting. The Savar of Yehuda. And he holds, and Rebbe follows the opinion of Reb Yehuda. Now what did Reb Yehuda hold? So the Rabbanon held two loaves did not go to the door closers. Re, uh, that was the Rabbanon. Rebbe Yehuda held that it did go to the door closers. And therefore, there's only ten loaves remaining. And... Five went to the five went. Uh, you know the the, the uh, five out of the ten could go to the Kayan gadol. arba So then it's only five out of ten. How's it possible? If Rabbi Yehuda is the Tana who says four or five, according to him, how are you ever going to have four? He always holds you take fifty percent. Fifty percent of ten is five breads. So if he's also the Tana who says four or five, according to him, how are you ever going to have the Kayan gadol take four? Well, when is there only eight loaves? That the kain getting fifty percent. So he says like this, like Kasha, there's no question. You know why? Because there were times where mishmaros would overlap on Yamtif. Beautiful, like Kasha hadikah mishmar hamisakev. There were times where one mishmar was done, another mishmar would come in, and the first mishmar wasn't really able to leave right away, and they would stay over in Yerushalayim for an extra day or two. So then, what would happen is. Their um, two loaves would go to the doorkeepers, two loaves would go to this extra mishmar, and now there was eight left to divide, and the kain would end up with four. So the gemara is gonna just gonna articulate this and spell this out. <speaking in Spanish> if there's a mishmar that's remaining inside Yerushalayim, so mishmayinu ba'le miflag. Now there's only eight loaves to split, and therefore, according to Rabbi Yehuda, where the kain always gets fifty percent. What's he going to split? He's going to get four out of the eight. Vishakil Arba. He'll take four. Ilekha Mishmar HaMesakev. And if there's no extra watch that is staying over in Yerushalayim, okay, it's not a, we're not if they're not stuck there. So then, you still have ten. Two are going to go to the door closers. Ten left. The get up to five. And he's going to get five. Period. And therefore, even according to Yehuda, again, what are we trying to accomplish here? A, if we're going to say, says Rava, that the entire mit, Brisa is the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, who says the Kohen Gadol always gets 50%, how are you going to have sometimes he gets 5, and that's 50%, and how is it possible sometimes he has 4, that's 50%? The answer is, very nice. Usually, there's 10 loaves to split, and that's, therefore 5 is 50%. But whenever we're dealing with a Yomtif and another Mishmar has to remain in town, we're going to give them the extra loaves. Now there's only eight left to split. And mamila, it makes sense why four will be the 50%. Okay. Says the Gemara, to end off with a kasha that we're not going to have an answer to, says the Gemara, If it's true that Rebbe is the entire Mishnah, ready for this? If Rebbe's the one who told us the halacha about the two breads on Shavuos, he could get one out of the two, it's 50%. And he's the one who says he got four out of five, four or five is 50%. And, one second, my Rebbe, why in the middle of the Bible say, Rebbe says it's five? He's been talking the whole time. Why all of a sudden, right smack dab in the middle of somebody's statement, are you going to say, oh, and Rebbe says, <laughs> he's been talking the whole time. Why are you saying, look back at the Brisa, right? What did we say? The Brisa and base Beis. Uh, uh, how do we read this? Taner Abona. Where am I? Look back at, at, um. The word ketzad, the middle of, of Yud right? uh, it Right? I'm sorry, hagufa kasha. Hagufa kasha. This itself is a contradiction. You said he take one loaf out of two. That's Rebbe. That's Rebbe. And Rebbe Yoimer says take five. He's been talking the whole time. Answers the Gemara kasha. You're right. It could bother you. All right. Some things are allowed to bother you. But the fact that we mention his name in the middle is not an upslug. It doesn't necessarily mean that we are wrong. And ultimately, rubber sticking to his guns that the entire Brisa can be the opinion of Rebbe. And we will hold it here for today. And Be'ezas Hashem pick up from here tomorrow on Yurcha Samarala from the Mishnah, same time. And we're going to move along onto a new topic. We've got a uh, few more, uh, th- about three more days, three more blot for the rest of this parak. And uh, the next Mishnah, the next Gemara is going to discuss the help of Hashem, um, the rest of you know we've been talking about that he's the Kong was separated for seven days, and now we're going to start talking about Yom Kippur itself. What actually did the what actually was the Avedah, um as they got to erev Yom Kippur, going into Yom Kippur, uh, very very Asugya. All right, we'll hold it here for this evening. Have a wonderful wonderful night.